this week on the Habs Forum, the Canadians are playing playoff hockey, but it's the most boring playoff hockey I've ever seen, so we'll still talk about it, see what how it goes. They're down 3-1 now, we just uh, got off from watching the, uh, the third loss, uh, another shutout loss, we're going to go over a little bit quickly the games that have uh, gone by so far. Talk about Claude Genie leaving the team, uh, what it's looked like uh, without the coach uh, so far. Uh, aside from that, we've got some uh, Twitter questions to go over. As always, you can ask us any questions you'd like at the Habs Forum on uh, Twitter. We love answering them, so we keep them coming. And we're going to keep on going with our kind of prospect preview we like to do about prospects that should be in the, the 15 range, which is looking more and more like where we're going to be. Yep. Uh, <laughs> uh, this week we're going to be talking about Dylan Holloway, so stick around for that. But first, Dustin, who are we brought by again? Oh, you actually remembered this week. I Good did. job. I Good know. job. I'm so smart. <laughs> brought to you by, again, Manscaped.com. So again, use promo code HABSFORUM for 20% off your purchase and free, get free shipping. So check out their uh, Lawnmower 3.0, their, uh, their new razor, which uh, we both got, yeah. and we both love it. Yeah. Does a great job. Uh, great battery life. Battery life. Battery life. There you go. <laughs> Third time's a charm. And uh, and does a great job. You won't get uh, won't get cut. Uh, even has a light on it, so it's great. So again, uh, use promo code HabsForum twenty percent off your purchase and get free shipping. Especially with the bars are opening up now. You know, it'll be a it's a good investment. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. Let's get let's get into it. So last week, last podcast we did uh, was before the series even started. First game, won't go over it too much. It's been a while at this point. Canadians lose two one, and looking back on it now, it was kind of a sign of things to come. I think because they they go down one nothing early. They managed to squeak in a goal, but then almost immediately, it took like twenty seconds. The Flyers got the lead back, and just the Canadians unable to come back from a deficit in this series so far it seems except that one goal that, and that we tied it up for 10 seconds it just when the flyers get the lead and it's not just carter hurt he's been good i don't i don't mean to talk down on him he's been very good but it's just there's no offense being created they're just they're running the trap there's nothing the canadians can do out there yeah you said before the canadians are playing play ho- playoff hockey they're in the playoffs mm. they're playing more like preseason Red versus white scrimmage hockey is pretty much what they're playing. Um, I mean, game one, I thought uh, Carter Hart was definitely made it was a difference maker. I, I thought the Canadians played pretty well. They, I mean, like I, you know, they they played about as well as I, I would have expected them to. They definitely had their chances, uh, but Carter Hart played very good in the first game. Even uh, obviously in the second game, Canadians win five to zero. Uh, I even thought, like, despite getting pulled, I thought Carter Hart played actually pretty well in the second game. I mean, when he got pulled, it was one of those situations. He got pulled after that fluky goal that deflected on, a, on one of his defenseman's skates, and it just went in his five hole, made it four nothing. Like at that point, there, there's no reason to really let your young goalie no, in. Exactly. And now he got pulled, and now he's on back to back shutouts. So yeah. I think we can safely say that that was the the right call. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, exactly. There's no reason really to pull Carter Hart. Well, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't because of his play. I think Alain Vigneault was looking to 
sort of you know light a light a fire under his team. Yeah, didn't work for that game anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I, mean, uh, I think I don't, I don't even know if that even was thinking at that point he might win the game. I think he's just thinking, okay, my young goaltender doesn't need to be facing any more of these shots yeah. today. Let's just no, give him true. a period off before the next game. It's a compact schedule for these playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's no point in wasting his energy here. If we make some sort of miraculous comeback, sure, whatever, but just get him out of the game. There's no point at that point. But, I mean, in games three and four, the Canadians have done absolutely nothing. Like, anybody could have got a shot. Like, they could have put I mean, Michel he made, Perry he, he in. He still made some key saves, and, at the, and more importantly didn't allow yeah. some bad goals, right? Which a lot of goaltenders will, will let in a few squeakers here and there. In game three, Canadians hit a lot of posts. Yeah, they did. And posts where Carter Hart was beat. Mm-hmm. Specifically on the play, my probably my favorite play in this whole playoff so far, because I'm still sticking to, the, to my point since the beginning, that all I want is to see the two kids progress in these playoffs, which we have had. Yep. We have had the two bright spots as having Kutkinyemi and Suzuki. Both look great. Suzuki, more of the same from what we saw during the season. Kutkinyemi is looking like a completely different player. I'm so excited to see where he can go moving forward. And the play he made in Game 3 with the breakout and then getting that wrist shot in, with the defenseman in close on him, hitting the post. Carter Hart was beat there. He yep. was absolutely beat there. And then that rebound the kind of shuffles around and then Kulak steps into a, a another shot slap shot hits the post another post again. another thing that Hart was like completely be on that play and there was a couple other posts I think there was five total in the game so the chances were there yeah the chances were there but outside of those posts like there was nothing going on and just the Flyers are just playing New Jersey in the 90s level traps and the Canadians just don't have the skill to do anything about it, or aren't doing the adjustments. I don't know what it is. No, exactly. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know if they have the skill. They don't seem to have the want to do it either. I mean, some of the players. I mean, you know, you're you're seeing some of the guys put up put up an effort, like Suzuki and Kakanyemi. But I mean, I think there's a lot of players in this series that that just are not pulling their weight whatsoever. They're not doing, you know, they're 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 not getting their nose dirty, fighting in the corners, winning those one-on-one battles. I mean, just nothing's nothing's happening at this point. I mean, the the, the two main players that just haven't provided anything outside of maybe the 5 nothing win obviously where Domi got three assists is is, is Domi and Drouin. It, it Domi and Drouin today and and last game they just like I like seeing Kutkinyemi in the middle of them just because I like seeing him getting to play with players that do have some offensive talent, but at the same time it's like what are they doing out like they just Dwayne looks scared every time he touches the puck yeah, and yeah, it, exactly. he, he manages to do to, to to make a mistake it's almost impressive how, how <laughs> like he just figures out a new way to fuck it up every time and and, and Domi it's just it's just not there I'm more than ever convinced. That we can't go into next year with both those guys on the team, and one of them needs to be moved for a defenseman. Yeah, but probably I mean, I think, Domi because who wants Domi at this point? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, I, I think Domi, especially to be well, mo- more against the Penguins, he showed some. Uh, well, especially was on when he was on the fourth line. He actually, I think, I think he had a lot of decent moments. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I mean, I think there is some some potential there with Domi. I mean, I think he's a limited guy. But well, that's the thing with Domi. I will say that I do think he's putting in the effort. Yeah. I don't think he's, but there's something that just is just not clicking. It's not working. He wants it, and I'm not saying that Dwayne doesn't want it. I just, I just think he's scared, so he's yeah. not taking risks. And the Domi, there's just, there's just something that it, it's not clicking there, and I'm just realizing he's not, he's not as good a player as we thought he was. 
And he's not as good a player as he thinks he is. No. No, exactly. And he maybe needs to adjust his game to play a game that fits his style better, but it's just not clicking right now. No, exactly. I mean, he's not going to be the guy, you know, that we saw last, uh, well, his first season in Montreal. Yeah. You know I mean? Where where he was a leading scorer on the Canadians. I think he had 72 points. I don't think that's realistic to, to think that he's going to be that type of player. I mean, he's more of a... 50 to 60 point type of guy yeah. I would say like second you know like middle nine type or middle six uh, type player um, and like maybe once in a while once every three seasons he get a, gets a season where he maybe produces a bit more like maybe if he gets put in a situation where he's playing next to like an elite kind of center like I don't know but like I agree with you it's, yeah. it's just it's but I mean Drouet I think is, is just you know he's definitely not as good as we as we thought when when the Canadians acquired him, or as we were hoping, um, you know, it, I mean, it's become more and more apparent that he's not the the type of guy that's going to drive a no. line. He needs to have like a Connor McDavid with him, yeah. basically. Yeah. Like he needs to play with like a top line center, and then I'm sure he could probably score 25, 30 goals because he seemingly can't handle the pressure. No, exactly. Which is the worst situation for a French Canadian kid in Montreal to be in. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Montreal is the worst place for it, like because. The, the expectations and, 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 and all of that. And it's just... And but and it's frustrating because he, he does have those moments then when he, he when he scored in the Pittsburgh game. And then he had like a period and a half where he looked amazing. He looked like a phenomenal player. And not to, today he had, a, he, had a, he had a chance alone in front of uh, in front of Hart. And he just looked like he didn't know yeah, what exactly. he was supposed to do with the yeah. puck. And he completely intimidated by Hart. Doesn't doesn't have that kind of that goal scorer attitude of thinking he can score from anywhere or, or what have you. And then just passes it to nobody and just the play dies there. Yep. Yeah, it's been a it's been a disaster. <laughs> he's been a disaster. I mean, I I don't know what to say with Gawain. I think I'm like like I posted on Twitter earlier. I, I I'm pretty pretty much ready to throw in the towel on him. But um, I don't think we're moving Dwayne. Like I don't know if yeah, there's a if, if, there, if there's a trade there for him. Like it's not like he's on a super cheap contract or anything like that. I mean, there were rumors uh, like towards the end of the trade deadline this year because um, Bergevin spent something like a week in Colorado, and then mm-hmm. he claimed that he was there to visit like his daughter, but then he had like a cheeky smile when he said <laughs> that. Like it, it gave, everyone was speculating, and and the big. It, it, this is not a rumor in, in any more than just speculation, right? No one's said anything. But the name that often gets connected to Colorado, if there are rumors in Colorado, is Dwayne because he played with McKinnon. Yeah. And, like, the skill is there. You do see it. Like, if there's pro scouts watching Dwayne play, they're probably seeing what we're seeing where he has the skill but it's just not clicking together and he can't be the guy leading a line. The guy he did do well with in the past with was McKinnon in junior hockey. So maybe, maybe there's something there. That's really the only team I could see maybe taking a flyer. But then, are they going to give us anything of any value for him? Yeah, I mean, you're not. Uh, you're obviously not getting too much for him. I mean, I, I think you know if he were to get traded to Colorado or a team like that where he was playing with like a, a top flight center, then I, th- I think he could definitely have success. I think he would. He, he'd be great in Colorado. But the problem is, you're not going to get the value that he might because like it's a, it's a low risk. Colorado will make the trade because they'll be like. Oh sure, we'll we'll give it a shot, see if it works out with McKinnon. But they're not going to give us enough assets to for what he might do with McKinnon. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like, so so you're really not going to get a lot for him. You know. Well, I mean, it's, anyway, this sort of touches on one of the Twitter questions that we got, so we might as might as well just bring it up now. Um, so this is from Scott Strutz. So at Scott Strutz five, 
on uh, on Twitter. So would you trade Drouin for a couple of picks, second and third maybe? Um, he also mentioned Drouin for Wilson from the Caps, but I definitely don't think that that would be. They're definitely not trading Wilson. No, no, no. And definitely not for Drouin. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I, I get the idea that yeah. he wants to add because I kind of like. I, I mean, sort I'd of love to have Wilson. Yeah. I hate Wilson, but I'd love to have yeah, him on the Canadians. Yeah, totally. One, one, one of those things. It depends, right? Because we, we still need wingers to play with our yeah. with our new young centers in, uh, in Kotkaniemi and, uh, and Suzuki and, and then Dano on the on the third line. And like Tatar is going to be a UFA at the end of next year. Who knows what's going to happen with that. Gallagher, I mean... He, he looks like he's hurt right now, honestly. And I feel like he's going to look like he's hurt for the majority of the remainder of his career, unfortunately. Yeah, the way that he plays. I you mean, know, it's you know. just one of those things. And we've talked about Max Domi so much, right? Because, like, the guy I maybe want to trade is is more of a Max Domi. One of those, if we can do something along the lines of that, like we've talked about before, like the, a Minnesota Wild getting a Jonas Brodeen, for example, like something like that that's been, like, talked about a lot that might make sense for for both teams. I mean, I'd rather do that because at this point, I want to build a team that can win now. I think we're at that point where we want to... Price and Weber are looking like they have uh, some good seasons left. And I mean, Price isn't that old. I think he'll be good for a while. But So we got to use those prime years while, while he has them. Weber, he's near the end of his career at this point for sure. I mean, we have those two great players in Suzuki and Kakiniemi who are coming into their own while still being on their entry-level contracts, this is when teams need to make runs, yeah. right? So moving Dwayne for picks doesn't help us right now. I mean, we should be getting past the rebuild at this point. Exactly. Know? I mean, the Canadians, just in this draft alone, they already have, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, 14 draft picks, three in the second round and, uh, and, and two in the third. So, I mean, I don't think they want to get more picks because at the end of the day, you have to sign all these guys yeah. and uh, you can't sign them all. Um, which you know the Canadians have had to let go of, uh, of a couple of their top. Uh, you know they've had to let go of a third, uh, third, a fourth, and two fifths in the last two uh, in the last two seasons because they just can't sign them all. So um, probably not picks, like you said. Yeah. But uh, but I mean at the end of the day, what are you really going to get for Dwayne? I mean it's probably not realistic to trade him see, at this point. See, that's the thing. That's why you're almost you're almost stuck with him because he does provide a flash, and there's still like that hint of hope that maybe it'll yeah. come together. If he has the right people surrounding him, like if Kutkiniemi and Suzuki keep re- progressing like they have, and even um, Kevin Hayes on the Flyers was quoted saying that the offense has been going through those two kids, right? If that goes keeps going like that into next season, and they step up as being the the, the, the top guys on offense for the Canadians, then that kind of drops Dwayne down because at this point Dwayne is still the highest paid foreign on the Canadians, right? So maybe he's still feeling that pressure. Thinking he should be the the one kind of leading the way in uh, in that sense, so maybe if you get the progress from Suzuki and Kutkiniemi, and then maybe if they manage to, to make a big big splash in free agency or something, and Dwayne gets dropped down the depth chart a little bit, he could kind of have that breakout in Montreal instead of moving him somewhere and seeing him do it do it elsewhere. So that's why I keep going back to the move being Max Domi. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, Domi makes you're gonna get better value for him for sure. The way is his value is pretty much as low as it could possibly be. So, and at this point, Domi, I'm worried his value is gonna go further down, if anything, yeah. especially if we sign him to a bad contract. That's the thing you have to remember the contracts, right? Domi still has uh, four years, I guess three years after this year at five point five. Domi's going to an RFA year, so like you see players moved on those years a lot, you know, because then the team can kind of negotiate their own con- contract if yeah. they want to. 
I mean, a, a move like that would would make sense to me. And then if you move Domi, you keep Drouin, I think, you know. And, but more and more, I'm like, oh my god, just do everything you you need to do to, to sign Taylor Hall. Yeah, and, Taylor Hall would be would be good. And I don't want to have, I I don't even want to like think about it because it never happens for the Canadians, mm-hmm. right? But we have the cap space. The cap's not going up. No one's going to be able to pay him as much as we can. No, or exactly. Very few teams will be able yeah. to. Yes, I mean it, it. It it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it, if it's ever going to happen that the Canadians are going to sign one of the top free agents, this is sort of like the perfect storm right now. And for once, we're, we're like usually we'd be think, say, thinking a few years ago we were like, oh, it's another winger. We need centers. We have the centermen now. We're looking good at center. Taylor Hall might be watching these games and saying, oh, those two young centers in Montreal are looking pretty good. Maybe I'd like to play next to them. And also, if we still suck with Taylor Hall, teams. Like the how many first round picks did, did teams win with Taylor Hall on their team? Maybe maybe we'll get at least that from him, you know. So I mean that would be the game changer, right? That's 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 the dream. That's the type of guy. It's exactly what the Canadians are needing on the on this on this in this series yeah. right now is because we have a couple centers that are playing great, but no wingers that can finish around them. You add a guy like Taylor Hall and Taylor Hall and it changes the game completely, right? Because it's 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 not like we're 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 getting completely destroyed by the Flyers. Who just can't score yeah. even one goal, you know? And who knows how the Flyers would be playing if they didn't play the last two games with the lead for ninety nine percent of the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, they they've just been able to, to to shut down the Canadians, and you know, like we said earlier, the the Canadians unfortunately don't have the talent uh, or the skill really to to to, to get past them. I mean, uh, you know, they're a big team too. They they got Carter Hart too. I mean, he hasn't really had to do a whole lot in the last two games, but he is. One of the best goalies already in the NHL, I would say. You know what's annoying is the last time we played the Flyers in the playoffs, mm-hmm. same thing happened. It's the same thing. They got shut out like three times in the first four games. Yeah, exactly. And at, at that point, it, w- it was the same kind of situation where it's not that the goalie was playing out of his mind. It's that we couldn't create anything. At that point, they had Michael Layton in net. Yep. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, Michael Layton, but you've never been that great of a goaltender. You should not have... Three shutouts in a playoff <laughs> series, you know. It's, it's it's the same kind of getting. Sh- I mean, completely different teams on both sides, but it's just oh, yeah. it's just it's just crazy that, that that's happening exactly in the same way years uh, years later, and it's just it's just so boring to watch, you know. It has it has been pretty painful the last two games to watch. After a game two that was one of the best performances by the Habs in years. Yeah, I can't remember the last time they played that well. But no, it's it's been painful to watch the last two games for sure. I mean, it's a, it's going to be a quick turnaround too. I mean, they're playing tomorrow. Uh, maybe that's a good thing. I actually didn't realize they were playing tomorrow. Are they playing tomorrow or for real? Playing tomorrow at eight. Yes. So at eight, well, at least they're not playing at three again. Some of <laughs> us have to work during the day. <laughs> still, I mean, I'm still paying attention to to the games, of course. But I mean, I'm not paying attention to my work. <laughs> But uh, I mean, a quick, quick turnaround might help. Yeah, that that that's definitely a good point. The the big thing is we need to come out. Like they need to be ready to go. We need the first goal basically. We can't let them score the first goal. Yeah. If they, the they Flyers come, come out strong. and score first, I, I'm my hope is going to be very very low that they come back and win. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, just, I just don't see it. I, I would I would, and I would, even if they they do get, still lose in six, I would like to. There's such a big difference to me. Between losing in five and losing in six, that's true. There's something about losing in six seems like a more of a close series, and losing in five is like I they got one lucky game in, 
And it just, I just want the ex- extra games, the extra experience for the kids, and just feeling like they put up a fight of, of, of some sort, you know? Because if they just get shut out again tomorrow, then it's just... It's going oh. <laughs> to be depressing. A sad way to end the season, for sure. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. And I'll just keep watching highlights of Suzuki and, and Cut Kinyami for the, for the rest of the summer. Yeah, I mean, you want to see them put up at least a little bit of a fight t- tomorrow, because, I mean, in my opinion, they, they had zero fight whatsoever today. That's that's for sure. I mean, as soon as the Flyers scored the first goal today, I knew it was over. Yeah, like they had a, they, they had no jump whatsoever. I mean, when that bad goal got went in by by Price, I mean, I mean, I, I don't want to blame Price. I mean, bad no. goals happen, and it is what it is. I mean, he's been the best player on the team, regardless. It was over then. There was no way the Canadians were scoring three goals today. No, no, it was it was just it was just not going to happen. I I had no 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 belief in it whatsoever. I mean, speaking of Price, his stats in the playoffs so far so. A 9.49 save percentage, 1.48 goals against average, and two shutouts. Good for four wins and four losses. Yep. And on the verge of elimination. Yeah, on the verge of elimination. I mean, it's just. I mean, I feel bad for him. Oh, for sure, for sure. I mean, it's. it's fr- I mean, he's. Okay, he had the the, the bad goal today. Obviously, um, I mean, it was a bit of a knuckle puck. Still, you got to stop those. Yeah, but, it is what it but, is. But I mean, the way that uh, the way that he's played. I mean, the last. Uh, well, I mean, the whole playoffs. I mean, it's, it's crazy, and he's got little to no support. Even in the Penguin series, they really didn't score that many goals either. No, no. But, and it's just like it, it, even if you look at the goal total now. I mean, technically, if I'm not mistaken, we're actually outscoring. Uh, the Canadians are outscoring the Flyers because the Flyers have two, four, five. Yeah, we have the Canadians have six goals and the Flyers have five goals. In the whole series, but five we're down. goals in four games. Yeah, but we're, we're, we're down. We're down six. Uh, uh, we're, down we're down three one. But it's <clears throat> it's almost like it just feels like game two was just a fluke, and we just got the, 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 all their goals out of the way in one game. Yep. So uh, I, I just I just don't know. I just uh, I I don't know. I wonder what they're gonna do move because he's been shuffling the lines like crazy. I, I, like how do you feel about that? He's just kind of moving them back because that's the, the big the big news that happened. Uh, really, since uh, since the last podcast, is uh, Claude Julien had a bit of a medical scare, doing better now, but obviously, in general, he'd be out for the playoffs, probably, but even more so with the yeah. the bubble and everything. There was he, there was no, no way he was going to come back with uh, with the team. So K- Kirk Muller stepping in, who is not someone he has co- been a head coach in the past. Uh, we have both talked about Kirk Muller as a head coach because he's the one. The one interesting thing about Kirk Muller is he's the one. I think unilingual anglophone that could potentially one day be the head coach of the Canadians without there being, I mean, neither of us think this should be an issue, but the reality is it is an issue. Mm-hmm. But given the fact that his history in Montreal, people might be okay with it. But Kirk Muller tends to be more of a, pl- a player's coach, right? So yeah. I, I don't know. Is, is is Could he be a long-term head coach? I don't know. I mean, he, there was a quote from Jake Evans today about how he's saying he's been great because He's the way he talks to the players and all that, and it's just kind of bringing it back to he's a player's coach. So is he a great assistant coach? Could he be a good head coach? I don't know. Yeah, I don't think he's. I think he's an assistant coach. <laughs> I don't. Th- I, I don't want to see him as a head coach of the Canadians. He hasn't really had any success where he's been. No. He didn't have any success in Carolina uh, when he was in the in, even in the AHL. I think it was with Milwaukee. That he, from what I remember, he didn't really have that much success either. So. Um, you know, I think he's good at the role that he does, but uh, no. <laughs> but I did think it was interesting. Like, you would think that Kirk Muller and Claude Jr. are talking 
constantly, right? Mm-hmm. Even though maybe not when it first happened, obviously Claude had to focus on like what was going on. But it's interesting that the first game after uh, that happened, it, it's when the changes happened in the lines, and he he, he moved Kakinyemi with the. Um, a bit more of an offensive role and all that, you know. So yeah. he, he he moved Domi off of the fourth line. He, he he made those changes right away. I do like those changes personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It is the thing, right? What's the point in, ha- in having Domi on on the fourth line? So I don't know. It, it's interesting to see that it happens at the same time. But now though, he's moving the lines constantly throughout the game. Just I guess to figure out what could work. But he's moving Kakinyemi down back with Lekkonen and Byron, who can't do anything like offensively. Like I don't, I don't know. Just I, part of me is just leave the lines t- together and let them build some chemistry in the short time they have. Yeah, well, exactly. That's that's the same thing that I was thinking while I was watching the game. I mean, yeah, definitely when when it first happened. I mean, it was exciting to see Kakinyemi and Suzuki get you know get more offense. Well, especially Kakinyemi get get more of an offensive uh, offensive line, more offensive minutes. So I mean, that's definitely exciting. I mean, it was it was nice to see him try different things. I mean, same thing. Domi was getting more uh, more opportunities as well. But I mean, like today he was changing. Like it seemed like every shift yeah. there was a new line out there, which I mean to me just sort of reeks desperation. Like, yeah, absolutely. And yeah, like nothing is working. But although the the best offensive chance we got in this third, probably the the the, the best kind of like minute minute and a half was when he put Kutkinemi and Suzuki together, which which was exciting to watch at the very least. Uh, Kutkinemi looked great in that in that sequence. So did so did Suzuki, and then ended up getting a power play not so, too long after that, if I'm not mistaken. So I mean, I, I did like seeing that, but but it's I mean we're not in the regular season, and it's not time to necessarily experiment with stuff. It just it just shows that we are lacking the the true elite talent. You know, we don't have those players that are the obvious top ones. You know, to play in that sense. Yeah, I mean then he. He benched. Well, I mean, I know he hasn't had a great, uh, great playoffs at all, really. But then he benched Gallagher, like basically in the third period. Like, yeah, I I, I, like I don't know. Is Gallagher hurt though? Is the thing, right? I, I don't know. I mean, because the thought was because he did yeah. have something in the in the Penguin series uh, that uh, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he 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 did kind of had to have to leave and then came back and all that. And Gallagher's the kind of that guy that plays hurt, right? Mm-hmm. So I would be shocked if it's an actual benching because it's not like Gallagher's not working hard. I, I, like, no, exactly. So the only reason I can see him benching Gallagher is a situation where it's just Gallagher just can't keep up right now because yeah. of, of what he yeah, has. It could be. Yeah, cause, I mean, I don't think – like, he definitely hasn't been playing very good. I don't think he played very well today. But, I mean, at the same time, I mean, this guy is, like, your leader. He's been your leader for, like, the last – No, I, 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 don't, I don't disagree, but I wouldn't be yeah. shocked at all if we find Maybe. out as Maybe soon as the se- series ends, Gallagher's going in for surgery or something like that. Uh, so this kind of touches on one of the other Twitter questions that we got from uh, Kaylee McLean. So at Kaylee McLean on uh, on Twitter. Uh, so thoughts on keeping Drouin, Suzuki, and Kakinami together at least to start tomorrow night's game. They had our best chances in the third this afternoon. What do you think? Uh, so okay, sorry. So that was Kakinami, Suzuki, and Drouin. Yeah. I mean, it, it, they they did as, as, unless I missed it. They only had one shift together, right? I think they they might have had a little a, a bit couple, more. A, yeah, they, they had, had that had they had that one shift where they looked really yeah. really good. Yeah, they really did. Uh, I don't think my main focus here is cutting Yemi and Suzuki together. I don't think Dwayne added much to that. <laughs> if I'm being so. honest, like they can move yeah. around. Who's that other uh, other person there? I mean, that I, I we could try that out for sure. I, I mean, it's interesting. I mean, I love seeing the kids play together. So. 
who's playing center in that situation? Then I guess Suzuki. Suzuki. Yeah. Yeah, Suzuki's definitely taking the draw. That's uh, that, that's for sure. I mean, there's that's that's the one thing I hope Kakinami works on in the off season is is his face offs. I mean, I lo- I love seeing the, the the kids play together. Maybe maybe play them together on the power play. See what they can do in that yeah. sense. Yeah. There. Yeah. I mean, you know, if I mean, maybe you could start start that way. But I mean, I don't know. I think Kakinami's been doing really good at center, and yeah. I, I think I'd rather him there. Yeah. And I mean, yes, it's not a bad idea to have. I mean, basically, you're only two guys that are providing any sort of offense together. Yeah. I mean, and obviously, it did look good in the limited time they had together. But I mean, I think I'd probably split them up. Yeah, I, th- I think that's the move too. Actually, that now I think about it. I mean, not to compare them to. They're obviously not as good as, as Crosby and, and Malkin, but the, the the what what Pittsburgh often did in those stretches where they were those their two obvious top guys, they, they used to start the game separated, and then late in the game they'd put them together yeah. to see if they can create some 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 offense. So like I'm not against that type of like late game kind of change, but I don't want to see Kutkinima with Byron and and Lekinen. as much as Domi and Dwayne have been struggling. Like, Lekkonen and Byron, fine players on a third line, but it just doesn't make sense to have Kutkinyemi there. Like, yeah. like what, what's the point of having Kutkinyemi in a checking role? Like, it, it's, it's, it completely defeats the purpose. And it's not like Dano has been doing anything exceptional. Like, I, I guess maybe they wanted to put that line back together, but it's, it just hasn't been clicking. Just put Dano with Lekkonen and Byron and, and make it a proper shutdown line and do what you need with the, the, the rest of the, the, the top nine. But put Suzuki and, and Kudkinami at center and, and just let, 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 like with Domi and Dwayne, as much as I haven't loved how they played in this in these playoffs, when Kudkinami's been on their line, it's they've looked good as a as a whole. Yeah. So I'd leave them together, I think. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean I think Kudkinami's been the best player, well, along with Suzuki, the best player for the Canadians, well at least in as far as the forwards go. I mean, I think, you know, I'd I'd die you know, live and die with Suzuki and uh, and Kakinami as the top two centers, and yeah. whatever happens, happens at yeah. the end of the day. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's what it's what this team needs to become anyway. Yeah. So let them do it. I mean, and let them see. Let, let's see what they can do. And it's not like as while they've been doing, they haven't looked at it. Like you said, they've been the two best forwards on the Canadians. Exactly. I mean, is, is there really a debate? There's no one else that could be even considered to be the top two forwards no. on the Canadians. It's, no. it's 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 those two. <laughs> no one's even close. Uh, it's. I mean. Tatar hasn't done much either. I mean, it's obviously not Domi or Dwayne. Gallagher looks like he's playing her, and then you're in the bottom. I mean, like, can we talk about Belzil real quick? Because <laughs> happy for the kid, great story, good for you. Yeah. But man, like he he's got like <laughs> the thing is he's gotten opportunities. So yeah, it means the he's, chance he had today like was the best chance the Canadians have had in the last two games. Pretty, pretty much, which does mean he's doing something right. Because right? I thought the fourth line actually a lot of the times actually was like the best line for the yeah, Canadians. Because yeah. they're the actual line that can forecheck, you know, yeah. and, and, and go get the puck and, and if they dump it. But he just, like that shot he took when he was on, like that looked like me in front of the net <laughs> taking that shot, you know. Like, I just I just don't know. Is it just jitters? Like, th- th- does, does he... I mean, I think he, he just was, and like, I guess fair enough, like the puck, like he actually got the, the puck in that in that chance, like basically the, he got the puck like out of nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it kind of seemed to catch him off guard a little bit. Um, but, yeah. I mean, like, you're having trouble scoring. Alex Belzil is not a guy that's going to help you score in the NHL. If it was the yeah. Rocket in the, in the playoffs, yeah. then yeah. But, I mean, Charles Houdon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. why not? I mean, yeah, a lot of people say Paling, but pa- there's no reason to think Paling can do any more offensively. He hasn't done... No. He had, uh, I think, one point in the last 11 games in the AHL. He hasn't done anything all season. 
in Montreal or in Laval. Charles Ludon was a leading scorer for Laval. Yeah, Charles Ludon makes the most sense. If you're if you're needing offense, honestly, that's uh that's really what you uh what you want right now. Uh, just, sorry. So I mean, it, yeah, it it. It doesn't make sense to have Alex Belzil there. And so my computer was about to restart, so I had to close the, the program that was going to do that. So that would we're, 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 <laughs> we're good. It didn't restart. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Don't make so. And actually, a lot of people on Twitter were saying the same thing after you missed that opportunity, right? It's like, if you have Shaldon in that situation, maybe he at least shoots it in his pads or something, <laughs> create some sort of rebound. But that, that was a completely wasted opportunity. And then Domi had that chance where it's just like yeah. he couldn't get reception of the, and like you get so few chances against a team like the Flyers which like as bad as the Canadians have played I don't I, like, I do think the Flyers are having, playing a great series where they're with the way they're playing defensively like they're, they're, they're shutting down the Canadians and so, so it's important not to take that away it's not just the Canadians are bad they're, there's, they're playing against a team that is more talented than them and the more talented team is, is playing smart hockey to, to win the way they need to win so in that case, when you do get an opportunity, can you not just can you at least get a shot on goal? Yeah, I mean exactly. You, you know, you gotta you gotta make something out of the of the opportunity. I mean, like you said, I mean if the Flyers are playing great, they know exactly how to shut down the Canadians, and those chances, especially if they're leading, are gonna be uh, few and far between. Few and far between. Tell me about it. I mean, just like I don't know. I don't even know what else to say about about the the, the this game or the, the last two games. There's just. Yeah, well, especially today. I mean, it was it was just. So yeah, at least yesterday <laughs> so had a few. Not yesterday, but the yeah. game game three had a few posts that had me going, yeah. oh, oh. Today <laughs> I was just, uh, almost we almost scored. Today there was like there was that Petrie point shot that like. It hit the post. Yeah. But and Hart, I think touched yeah. it a little bit yeah. too. So that that was probably our best chance to score. That slap shot from Petrie from the point. aside from Bill Well, yeah. Well, he didn't even <laughs> touch the net. So I, I'm I'm saying. I'd rather have another point shot from Petrie than Bills yeah. it all, all alone in front of the net. I think <laughs> that, that you're more likely to score that way. But That's I definitely true. agree. You put Shalvedon in there instead of Belzil and just, I mean, good for the kid. He got some games in. He he was on the ice for a series of win with his the team he rooted for team. as a kid. Yeah. So happy for you, but nah. Just just get it. You put Udon there, and, and, and I agree, overpaling. I mean, paling would if if you wanted someone on the fourth line center instead of Evans, but I think Evans has been fine, so I don't see any reason moving yeah. him. I thought Evans was really good today. I thought he was one of, if maybe the only bright spot today. Yeah, I thought he played really well. Um, but yeah, no, definitely wasn't pretty. And yeah, I mean the quick turnaround. Hopefully it uh, works well for the Canadians tomorrow, and hopefully they have a better performance well, or at least I, a better effort. It will either work well or end the suffering quickly. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, did we have any more Twitter questions to go? Uh, yeah, we had one more Twitter question. So uh, the last question is from Kevin Rogers. So at uh, Rogers 77 So does the Habs playoff success help? And he sent this before the game tonight. <laughs> I'm oh, just kidding. Does the Habs playoff success help with recruiting free agents this offseason that want a playoff team? And uh, also mentions uh, a comment, underrated benefit of extended time in the bubble is getting practice minutes for the young kids like Romanov, Juleson, Primo that won't get to play for a long time. Um, so, I mean, yeah, that's definitely uh, definitely a good thing. I mean, Romanov, hopefully going to be a piece of the Montreal Canadiens next year. Uh, hopefully Juleson as well. Caden Primo is probably going to be in Laval next season. But, uh, you know, definitely good for them to get a chance with the Canadians, get a acclimated to uh 
to uh, well to to the to the dressing room, I guess. But uh, as far as playoff success, I mean, they haven't really had that much playoff success thus far. Right? I mean, they, they they beat the Penguins still, which I don't yeah. think is nothing. No, and they had that. They, he, he, here's here's the thing. First of all, I I, I think he's kind of t- trying to touch also on playoff success versus where a lot of the teams didn't want to make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of fans, I mean, to just do the draft pick and like, like at, at this point, like we talked about it last week. I, I'm, I'm, I don't want to hear anyone like I hate seeing those comments. Would have preferred to have a 12.5 percent chance than, than watching this and all that. This has at this at this point, we probably wouldn't have had Lafreniere anyways, and they're still gonna get a 15th versus a ninth, which I understand in this draft could be a big jump. But the experience the young kids are getting is huge, and I hadn't even really thought about that. But at that point, he makes about the extra time for the young guys like Romanov to get practice time for the team, that's that's a very good point. That That's that's a huge that, uh, opportunity that they wouldn't be getting if it, if it wasn't mm-hmm. for this. And as far as free agency, what, who are the players that are going to attract free agents? It's someone like Carey Price that he's still regarded by, by, the, by players, even before these playoffs, when they do the players' polls. He's always a winner. He's always the goaltender that wins those, those polls as the best goalie in the league. And he just shows that the Canadians always have a chance at winning. And then the young center's doing good. Like we talked about earlier, a guy like Taylor Hall might be watching the series and saying, okay, this team isn't there yet, but they might be a guy like me away from taking the next step. Exactly. So I, I mean, they have the best goalie in the world, Carey Price. Yeah. I mean, he showed that already in the playoffs. They have pretty decent, like, a top top end of their defense is I mean, they have Shea Weber, who's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. Jeff Petru, I think, is one of the most underrated yeah. players in the NHL. And Ben Sherratt, who's been great. Yeah. I mean, when he plays well, he plays really well. Even Brett Kulak has been pretty pretty yeah, impressive. Brett, Brett Kulak has been one of the, the bright spots of these playoffs yeah. overall. Yeah, he's been really good. I mean, he has, he's had some his ups and downs. Um, you know, but I mean, that's just the way that he plays. He takes yeah. a lot of chances, and that's, you know, you're going to have to live with it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they obviously are lacking in scoring. But, I mean, one, maybe not the team's success is going to maybe not necessarily have a huge impact on free agents, but you sort of touched on it before, like seeing Suzuki and Kakiniemi, the steps that they've taken, you know, that, that could potentially bring in some free agents. And, you know, hopefully Taylor Hall is watching, for, watching at home and, uh, and liking what he's seeing from the Canadians. And at some point, this huge amount of cap space has to come to the Canadians' advantage, right? So, and 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 then, like watching it now, I feel these games personally has has made me feel better about the team in the sense that I do think that they're closer to being competitive than I thought they would be. You know, essentially, mm-hmm. um, I mean, let's not forget this team was a seller at the trade deadline, right? Yeah. So that's I mean, true. that that plays a big part in it too. You add if you if you make a move, I mean, this is. Perfect, perfect, ideal situation. Everything works out. You make that move, moving Domi for a guy like Jonas Brodin, and then with the way the defense has looked, you may, you get a guy like Brodin, and you add Romanov to the squad, and Kulak's looking good enough to be at least a bottom pairing defenseman. Feeling a lot better about the defense. Oh, yeah, at, definitely. At, at that point, if you if you make that that move, and then if you can sign a guy like Taylor Hall, I mean that's obviously, I mean. Obviously, we would like to sign Taylor <laughs> Hall. I mean, it seems silly to say, but then it just—I I, would—I would believe that would make the Canadians a playoff team. Oh yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. The Canadians bring in uh, bring in Taylor Hall. I mean, for sure. I mean, they have so many assets too, like to go out if they were to get Taylor Hall. Yeah. I mean, they have the well. I mean, they would still have some cap room. 
to potentially you know get another guy, and they have the assets to to pull off a big trade. Like they have a lot of young prospects, they have a lot of top picks. Um, so I mean, if they were to get Taylor Hall, I think they could make a couple of moves to be a serious contender pretty quickly. It just it's just it, it fits too perfectly. How amazing would it be to go? It just I'm doing the same thing I did to myself with Left Ganyai, <laughs> where I'm, like I'm already seeing him in a in a Habs jersey. But if because if it's not that. Short of having a team who's desperate to hit the cap and and needing to, to move a player, the the, the Canadians I'm, I'm I'm feeling a little bit better about the defense, but I still need a tra- I think a trade needs to be done. But there need needs to be like the, an elite goal scorer added to this team, and, and it's like it's like Taylor Hall fits perfectly in that role. It would it it, it, it would really change absolutely everything. I mean, we'll see we'll see what happens in uh in the in the off season, but. I, I'm just the the one good thing about say what you will about the about Bergevin and the the Habs ownership and all that they will try. Oh yeah, for sure. They always try. They always fail, <laughs> but they will try. And I, I don't. And, I, and the failing part I think is like, if they can't get uh, the get Hall, do, do you want to go back and get Kovalchuk again? I mean, I don't know. Is there really that? Many options out there. I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't looked a whole lot at the free agents. I mean, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, unless there's anything, because it's, it's just sorted by the highest paid guys. There's nothing on the, nothing on the Taylor Hall level. I mean, after yeah, no, there's, there's a few defensemen like Peter Angelo, you know, and uh, and and that's pretty much it. Peter Angelo. So those are pretty <laughs> much the two big guys and some goaltenders, which obviously we don't uh, we don't care about uh, that. Oh, we need a backup. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah but, but like yeah. we're not gonna go get Britain Holdy to the backup price, obviously. But uh, I, but again, I mean, I think with all the assets they have, you could potentially go out and, and make a trade. Yeah, yeah. You know, if if they can't get Hall, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You can. I, I don't know what that trade is, but like you, don't, it's very hard to get a guy like Taylor Hall of that level. With, without yeah, free, like, but like <laughs> even by trade, like yeah. it's 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 oh, not yeah. a, it's not an easy trade to make. So there, there there's obvious holes on this team still, and it's it's still showing with. But I mean, we're seeing progress with the kids, and we'll see with Romanov being added to the team next year. But I mean, you predicted the Canadians were going to win this series in seven, if I'm not mistaken. I did. So I'm, not, I'm not wrong yet. You're not wrong yet. <laughs> You're not wrong yet. But if you were like, do you still like? Believe like well, how, what percentage do you believe this team can beat the the Flyers after the two games we just watched? I mean, they obviously have to play a whole lot better. Um, but I mean, I think if they can win tomorrow, and it, like if they can, if they get off to a hot start tomorrow, and I think they can do it. They have to score first. Yeah. They absolutely have to score first. And it, it's one of those things where they the first goal. Yes, uh, I keep saying yesterday, but the first goal on uh, in game three. Was a nice play by the Flyers, kind of set up faceoff play, tip goes over price, doesn't have much of a chance, and the the goal by Raffle today, early in the in the first, was a perfectly placed shot. Like I don't blame Price on that at all. So it's like these types of things that it it just happens in a game, and usually it doesn't mean the game's over, but it just seems if the, if they get the lead, we're done, we are absolutely done. So the Canadians have to start off strong, and they have to get the first goal. If that doesn't happen, then that's it. And I don't know if they can get the first goal three games in a row. I mean, we'll, we'll have to see on that. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's gonna it, be it tough. With tomorrow. It's but gonna be an uphill battle. But I, I, I mean, it's it's been all close games. Yeah. I mean, so I mean, they haven't. Well, at least when they've lost, it's been close games. So I mean, I, you know, they they've shown that they can compete with them. Absolutely. It's just they haven't been outclassed. Even no. if it ends at five, they, the team has not been outclassed. No. 
So, I mean, I definitely still think they have a chance, but, uh, I mean, they, it's just, you know, the effort that they put today was, was just really disappointing. They have to put a lot more effort into to even have a chance. Can we at least get a couple goals tomorrow? Yeah, at least, yeah, at least I mean, a goal or two. When's you know? the last time, like, when we were talking about last playoffs, how awkward, last series against the Penguins, I was, like, awkward, like, I didn't know if I was happy if they were winning. I was like, well, at least now I can cheer. Yep. I haven't really had anything to cheer about. I haven't had much to cheer about. We got all our cheering out in the in the first game. In, in the second game, even the first game, I was happy for 10 seconds before they, they got yeah. the lead again. So, I mean, looking looking forward to tomorrow's game. We'll see how it goes. But uh, after the last two games, it's hard to have high expectations. So, so but let, let, let's give a, a quick prediction. Do you think they win tomorrow? I think they win tomorrow. It's going to be, uh, I'm going to say, 3-2. to two. You know what? I'm going to say they're going to win tomorrow, too. They can't go out like this. They have to have some pride. Uh, I'm going to say 3-1. to one. I'm going to say 3-2. Th- to two. Kutke and is going to score again. He's going to score the opening goal. Nice. And Jeff Petrie is going to score the game winner. I like uh, I like the way you think. There you I, like, go. I like the way you think. <laughs> Hopefully. Hey, honestly, if they win tomorrow and then they're out in six, I'll, I'll still be satisfied with this playoff series. Yep. It'll, especially if we get some couple more goal, goals from uh, from either of the kids. Uh, I mean, it's just I, I I still think it's a benefit for the team to get this experience under under their belt and and hopefully helps, uh, like the question said to uh, for for future pick. As far as the Twitter question goes, I'm a little disappointed we didn't get one from Etienne Ferland this week. What's going on? That's true. It's been a couple of weeks. Couple of weeks. He used to be a regular. <laughs> so many weeks. It was the only question we got. Uh, maybe now because I called him out, we'll get a question next week. So. Uh, so moving on then, uh, uh, let's uh, finish it off with uh, our prospects. So like we talked about last week, unless the Canadians miraculously make it uh, past the, the even the second round, they're going to pick uh, 16th overall. So beginning of the year, we're talking about who they can draft in the like, 8, 9, 10 range. And now we're talking about who they can draft in the 15, 16 overall range. This week we talk about Dylan Holloway. Now tell me why the Canadians should draft Dylan Holloway. Dylan, actually, I'm not a huge fan of Dylan. Holloway. Well, tell me why they shouldn't <laughs> draft him. But uh, but yeah, he's a guy that uh, it, he's sort of all over on the uh, like in mock drafts, especially early on in the season. He was one of the um, you know he was basically in the top twelve. He's sort of fallen off a little bit lately. We haven't really seen the production that uh, that scouts were hoping to see from him. He had uh, I believe 17 points in 35 games. Uh, plays at Wisconsin, so I'm sure the Canadians are very familiar with him, seeing as he plays on the uh, with the same team as Cole Caulfield. Sort of a guy that I don't know if a lot of people, uh, a lot of other people that follow prospects will agree with me on this, but he, he reminds me a lot of Ryan Paling, where he plays a good 200-foot game, not necessarily the best skater, but he is pretty big. He's uh, six foot, around 190, 95 pounds, so he's definitely got a big frame. He's a tough guy. He can play, like I said, 200 feet pretty decent in defensively um so he he's played a little bit on the pk with wisconsin um but i mean i think he can de- definitely develop that a little bit more uh, but but again i think he's going to be the ryan paling type guy he's actually put up pretty similar numbers to ryan paling i think he had 13 points in his freshman season dylan holloway exactly like ryan paling was one of the youngest players i think he's the second youngest player in the ncaa this season um so again put up uh, I mean, not that bad for a freshman season, 18-year-old playing in the NCAA, putting up 17 points. But again, not really the production that uh, that a lot of people were hoping to see. Um, so that's sort of what's uh, what's made him fall. Um, but I think he's definitely a good pick. He's a guy that's probably going to play. I mean, you know, as a very doesn't necessarily have a huge a high ceiling, but he's a guy that has a very high 
floor, I guess you could say, where he's probably most likely going to be playing in the NHL, um, you know, for, have a long career as sort of a bottom six type guy. But, I mean, yes, he's a guy that will play in the NHL, but I think with so many exciting prospects in this draft, I'd rather sort of go for like a home run type swing bit, bit, than bit take a guy like I think a lot of fans would agree with you. Yeah. I mean, we all, we all like Ryan Paling, but we understand what he is. Um, and he's not the player who scored three goals in his uh, first <laughs> first no. ever game. Uh, now, so the, so you're comparing him to Ryan Paling. So so you're comparing him to a player that obviously uh, the Habs, uh, I mean, staff, I mean, recruiters and all that liked. So so do you think that because of that, then he's the type of player that the Canadians, regardless of what you want, but he's the type of player that Timmins and the staff might want to draft? Well, I think Paling made a lot of sense when the Canadians drafted At the time. Like, yeah. they needed a center. He was a guy that had some offensive upside. He the was size. a guy that, that had, you know, a very, uh, a pretty high, uh, not necessarily, again, like the same thing I said about Holloway, not a, not the highest ceiling, but also a pretty good floor. Um, so I think at this point, drafting a center that's going to be a bottom six probably isn't what the Canadians are going to be looking yeah, for. Yeah, doesn't make a lot of sense at this point. Um, I, I, I would hope they look at it the same way. I mean, with the way you've... I, I didn't know really anything about him before you just talked about him just now, I'm just going to be honest. Uh, but your description, I'm just going to trust you, and uh, it doesn't sound like it's someone that I want, honestly. He seems like <laughs> a very nice guy, but uh, know, he can go be uh, the shutdown center for another team. It's not really something that... That uh, well, your point of uh, like looking at his stats, I definitely see the similarities with uh, with Ryan Paling, and I, I'm I'm all for the home run swing here. It, I, I would, honestly, I would love it too, because there's always going to be an elite level player that falls like kind of between ten and twenty. You know, like I I don't I don't care how good scouting is now and all. You always see it. You always see it. There's these players that, that fall in this range, and I'd rather go for that, go for broke, and hopefully hit. And so then, when it does hit, we can tell all those people that told us we should have we should have lost, and it's a waste of time to shut up. <laughs> yeah, well, I, well, exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, especially with the Canadians this year. I mean, they have so like they already have so many prospects. Yeah. They have, you know, they don't necessarily aside from maybe Cole Caulfield, they don't really have that that game breaker type prospect. And they have so many picks this year. I mean, they got to take a couple of home runs. That there. that's true. Actually, the fact that they have so many picks, yeah. why not take some risks? You can yeah. take some safe bets. Because in the, even the second third round, you can usually get some guys that have oh, yeah, a good sure. chance of making the NHL yeah. without being a yeah, high impact player. So, um, and, uh, interesting as uh, as always, and uh, but we'll see how it comes. I mean, I think we're we're not too far off from being more focused on the draft than anything <laughs> else, uh, like we were uh, at the end of uh, of last year. So I think that. Uh, that does it for uh, this week's episode. I mean, there's another game tomorrow. If they get eliminated, maybe we'll we'll talk about doing a, uh, an episode a bit uh, a bit quicker than uh, than next week. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll uh, we'll keep you guys posted on Twitter um, about uh, about the next episode. But yeah, I mean, we'll definitely do uh, do another episode. Well, I mean, probably next week. I don't know. Hopefully, it's not over tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, it's not over tomorrow. So. All right. So thanks for listening. As always, follow us on Twitter at the Habs Forum, and uh, we'll talk to you next.